I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. Will a man rob God? The answer is yes, if he can. Will he rob him, attempt to rob him of his glory? Absolutely, there's no doubt about it. Will religion do that? Absolutely. Will the atheist do that? Absolutely. He will, if he can, take away the Lord's glory. But the truth is, he can't. And the reason he can't is a very simple one. And I hope that you will hear me and hear me really good and that you will leave here today in your soul and heart steadfast in praising Him. You are what you are by the grace of God. <clears throat> He's Lord. It's imperative that we know that and believe that. He's Lord. That means He's boss man. That means He's in control. That means this world is not a runaway. That means that he's sovereign, that he's omnipotent, that he's omniscious, that he's all-knowing, and that he's in control of all things. That's why he can say to us, and we can say to ourselves, and quote him on it, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them who are the called according to his purpose, because he's on the job 24-7, and he's a perfect uh, manager of our lives. My glory I will not give to another. Often I'm asked, and we get these calls almost every week. You know, people are jealous of us, they think we have some kind of hidden moneymaker here. And so they call the center and they uh, ask Tracy, who's my assistant over there, can we come and see Pastor? We'd like to pick his brain. We are thinking about starting our own shelter. And uh, occasionally, um, I, I do have the time for that, and people will come over and sit down with me and when they come, there's always this question, how do you do it? That's always the first, how do you do it? Well, you all know the answer to that. I don't. That's, that's the first. They don't accept that though. No, you know what we mean, Pastor. Of course, we know there's a God and uh, we, we know that he's uh, in control. And, uh, but we want to know how you do it. I said, okay, I'm going to give you three points that are so absolute for your success. And I start out this way. First thing I want you to do is to begin to give him glory. And they just look at me. 
And then I say to them, the second thing you must do is give him glory. And then the third thing that is beyond any doubt, you have to do this, give him glory. Tomorrow is Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and I've been asked uh, by the Ministerial Association and some other folks, along with some other pastors, uh, to come and do a video in honor of Dr. King. And I, I've been asked because something's going on here that people notice. Otherwise, I wouldn't be asked. Um, and I'm going to give them that three-point message. You want to know what's happening at Grace Gospel Fellowship? God's getting glory. We give him all the praise. We, we don't take absolutely any of it. He's the Lord. If you know who God is and you know what you were, your hand automatically goes up. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. From sinking sands, he lifted me. With tender hands, he lifted me. From shades of night to plains of light. Oh, praise his name. He lifted me. You feel that bubble on the inside? You want to praise him? Then why don't we? Just, just do it. <laughs> You know, he receives that. He hears that. The cherubims and the seraphims are going, good job, Pastor. You led them to praise our God. We excite them. They're watching us. They come to service. They know that we preach the same thing every meeting. We give God all of the glory. You know what I gave you, those three points. People reject that. They, they look at me, uh, you know, like a new calf looking at the barn door. Oh, you don't know that. You guys aren't Southern people. But it's kind of like. I say, yeah, uh, those 52 houses, how did you accumulate them? To God be the glory. How did you, how, how is it that you bought the old Sanctum Clutch Cargo building? Well, we didn't actually buy it ourselves. Somebody bought it for us that the Lord brought them to buy it for us. Well, look at the insides of that building. People are always wanting to have weddings here. Uh, they're wanting to use our building, which we will let them for a certain, uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> God gave us this building. How do you have a learning center? How is it your people are getting their life back? And then, and then we tell them, they don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that. But you can rest assured of this. The glory he will not give to another. There's a day coming when you are going to give him glory. So I'm not a Christian. I'm an atheist. I'm talking about you. 
when your knee is going to buckle and your tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. He's the Lord. He's the one the Alleluia Chorus uh, tells us of him. Alleluia, the Lord God omnipotent reigneth in Revelation 19. And on his vesture is written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Glory. You know the chief end? You know why you're here? To give him glory. I'm talking about alive. I'm talking about you have a life. To give him glory. The, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Aren't you glad there's a God? Can't you say, what a mess I would be without the Lord? He's the one whose name is above every name. He's the one that it is said of him, none can stay his hand, nor say unto him, what doest thou? You need to go to school with uh, old King Nebuchadnezzar. He was strolling through his kingdom. I kind of picture it like me driving down Seneca or Moreland or Fairgrove Street. And if I were to say, this is my kingdom. Kent Clark, alias Superman. I did all of this. And while Nebuchadnezzar was strolling through the kingdom, he said that to himself. And you know what God said to him? The kingdom is departed from you. You need to learn this lesson that I'm the Lord and my glory I will not give to another. And his fingernails began to grow and he lost his mind and went out in the field and began to eat grass like an oxen. He was a crazy man. There is one lesson for you and I to learn. I am here for the glory of God and to praise him. And Nebuchadnezzar said, when my reasoning returned unto me, I said, and all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. And he doeth according to his will in the army in heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can say his hand, nor say unto him, what doest thou? God's in control. This world is not a runaway. He's, he's Lord and he has created it for his glory and pride. And Nebuchadnezzar said this too. And those that walk in pride, he's able to abase. Boy, you're living dangerously if you're proud. Because you have nothing to be proud of. Your boast should be in the Lord. Salvation is of the Lord. You say, well, pastor, that's what you always say. And that's what I'm always going to say. You know, I have noticed this. Here I am, 75 years old, and I've noticed this here more probably in the last couple of years. You know, maybe you ought to, maybe, maybe you ought to streamline your message a little more. Maybe you, I will agree with Miss Pam, maybe I should stop wearing suits. I don't know. Dave thinks I ought to wear suits, right, Dave? I, I, <laughs> I know God is not looking to what you wear, 
But I know this, the message doesn't change because God doesn't change. Whether I'm wearing blue jeans or in a three-piece suit, the message doesn't change. It's to God be the glory. Great things he hath done. Can I get an amen? amen? You ever thought about it this way? He's able. You ever just brag on your God? Hey, let me tell you about my God. My God is able to do exceedingly. Is that it? No. Abundantly. Is, is that it? Above all that we ask or think. Is that your God? Or you got one of these teeny weeny little gods? No. He is a mighty God. And you need to know that and, and believe that. You know why? Because it's going to take a big God to bring you out of darkness into light. And I know that happened with me. Take a new path, preacher. Preach other things. And this week in my self-talk session, I said to self, why? See, I'm talking to myself. I know none of you never talk to yourself, but self-talk's a pretty good thing. So I'm saying to myself, okay, how's the church going to grow? How am I going to be an active part in that? What should I do? So I said, you know, change the message a little bit. You don't have to always be talking about predestination or the doctrine of election or particular redemption. And so I said to myself, self, why? Why would I change the message? I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you, it seems like we're doing okay by the grace of God. What if I began to water that message down a bit? I can tell you, and I tell all of you visiting with us today, this place would fall apart. You know, Thursday, I guess it was, or Friday, whenever I went to lunch with uh, a lovely donor, I was asking God, please, please, I, I know $169,000. I, I know that's a, an incredible number to ask somebody to, to donate. And uh, so Mark went with me. We, we went out to lunch. And you know, I scheme and plot these lunches. You don't want to take me to lunch. I'm going to ask you for help. Amen. I, I, think, I think those are divine appointments. So I began to... I always began with thank you for all you've done. I always began with that. And I mean that. And uh, so I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I took the house pictures with me, right? So I, I've got something to kind of start the conversation with about how we bought the houses. And, you know, you got to get on. I had to get on the house track. But I had to thank this person because they've done so much for us. And uh, she looked right at me and she goes something like this. So, what about this house? I said, oh, yeah, I, I did want to talk to you. You know, I've got Mark there uh, sitting with us. Anyway, 
She looked right at me and she said, I'll do that house. And I actually choked on my salad. (laughs) You know, sometimes we ask God and he gets a little ahead of us. He just goes ahead and does it. I, I thought maybe toward the end of the meal, you know, I'd put it out there really straight. I'll do that. Think about that. I mean, I just want that to kind of sink in $169,000. That's a lot of money. And you know, that old house has been sitting over there. It's been condemned. Uh, Actually, it was condemned when we got it. And it's been sitting there. Danny Davis, three years ago, Put a roof on that house. I said, someday we're going we're gonna to get this house fixed up. We've waited three or four years. Got that new roof on it. Kind of saved the insides of it a bit. And now look what God has done. There are some of you right now who are going to be graduating uh, September, October, maybe November. You'll have a bedroom. I'll have a bedroom. Don't run off. Don't go away. God is such a great, great God. The gospel of the glory of God is not growing weak, is it? And by the way, to those of you who are here and in your sins and without Christ, you're here today on purpose. This is not your doing. In fact, God let you, you know, some of you are bass fishermen. When I was a much younger kid, we used to, in Kentucky, when I passed through there, we'd go bass fishing in some of those ponds or lakes. And they'd always say, "Let let the bass take it and run with it. And you know what? God let you take the drugs and run. And you ran to a hell hole. And your life has become a total disaster and you lost everything that was precious to you. And here you sit. God let you do what you wanted to do. And now God is directly moving and bringing you under the gospel of his glory. You know, God's able to get you off of heroin. God's able to take care of the the sins of your past and present. God's able to change you from the inside out. What kind of God do you have? Oh, he's a mighty God. He's able to save to the uttermost. So I know he's happy today with what's going on here. Because we're not taking any glory. We, we will not have it here. If a preacher gets in the pulpit and begins to talk about, you know, what he and what you must do to save yourself, it's totally a lie. God must save the sinner. You know, here, listen to me. Some of you in here have deaf ears until today, and God's unstopping them. And what I'm telling you is that you were born with a depraved nature, that you lived your life up to this point dead in your sins and trespasses. Oh, you were alive to self and alive to sinning. 
That's why you went to the crack house. That's why you shot up. That's why you do what you do. All about self. Not about God at all. It's because you were dead. But something has happened. You're sitting in here listening to this hillbilly preacher talk about a God who came into the world, who became flesh. And the craziest thing, he came to save worthless people. Dead in your sins. Your mom and dad, dead in sin. Grandma and grandpa, dead in sins and, and trespasses. And maybe you have a long history of people who aren't Christians. You know, people say, I, you know, somebody, somebody told me that this morning. I'm a lifelong Democrat. I'm not going to say who. But if you're in here and you're saying something like this, I'm a lifelong Christian. No, that's too long. The truth is you were born to parents who had a depraved nature. And you came out of your mother's womb speaking lies. You're a little liar. There are no little angels that are born into this world. It looks like if there were, you'd get smarter the older you get. But as you get older, by 15, you're smoking weed. You're getting drunk. You're using crack. You're, no, you don't get smarter as you get older with regard to sin. You get more deceptive. So what has to happen is this. In your depravity, God has to come and find you. Because, you see, God's not lost. You are. You know how lost? Crazy lost. Depraved lost. Degenerate lost. Evil lost. And God comes seeking you. And if you got what you deserve, he'd send you straight to hell. I'm going to get back to my main point to give him glory. I, I'm telling you, have I just described some of you in your past life? Absolutely. All of us in here. Yeah. And when I would not come to him, he came to me. Some of his testimonies. Is, is a long and twisted path of how, how God got you here. And then did a work in your heart. He quickened you. Sovereignly regenerated you. Do you hear what I'm saying? Something wonderful happens in here when the gospel is going forth. The spirit of God, like a fetching bird dog, seeks out the elect of God and quickens them. I know some of you were uh, across the street. Not all, not all of you. Some of you have been, all of us have been converted in different places and have different testimonies. But, but some of you were brought absolutely to the end of your own way before you got sentenced by the court to go over to Grace Center's Oak. I'll give you, uh, the judge said, I'll give you a choice. Jackson. Or Grace Center's a hope. Is the, is the jail still in Jackson? Well, it used to be. So you can go to Grace Center's a hope or you can go to Jackson. 
and you thought, oh, that's an easy choice. I'm going to go over to Grace Centers. All the time God was behind it. He put in that judge's mind to give you that choice. He put in your mind to choose Grace Centers of Oak. And then the next thing you know, you're in that barracks. And they're telling you, well, you have to go to church. I see some of the, uh, I see some of the fellow rescue mission people put in their literature. And of course, you don't have to go to church here. Well, here you do. Amen. Amen. We're not about just keep keeping people alive. We're about taking this good news, this message from God that he has come to earth to give life and to give it more abundantly. Yeah. For you to have a life. And some of you, uh, some of you would have been Friday and Saturday out in that snow had not God been good to you. You'd been in a vacant house had God not been good to you. Somebody ought to say glory to God. Amen. So we were dead. I'm going to get to this quickly now. I have three minutes. That is a joke. Man is dead in sins and trespasses. So, so if you are here and spiritually alive, you're here and you're going like this. You know what? That's the greatest message I ever heard. That God came to earth in the person of his son, Jesus Christ, kept the law, went up on Calvary, died in my room, stayed in place, took all my sins away, got up on the third day, ascended back into heaven. And now I got a lawyer there at the right hand of God. You see, it wasn't an accident God chose you. He saw all your mess. And I heard a preacher just this past week say, God saw, God foresaw your faith. And on the basis of foreseen faith, he chose you. No, God saw you as an empty vessel. You had no faith. No, it wasn't your faith. It wasn't because God saw you were going to eventually come to your senses. God chose you sovereignly. You cannot give me one reason within yourself why God would have ever chose to save you. No, not if you're honest. But he sovereignly elected you. Somebody ought to say, praise the Lord. Praise Lord. Election. You see, what I'm preaching to you today, what I'm saying to you today will lead to this one thing. Glory to God. There is no way of getting around it. The message totally shuts us up. That I was dead in sins. The spirit came to me. I did not come to Christ. He came to me. And after he came to me, I wanted to come to him. I, I didn't have any faith. But before the foundation of the world, he chose me and wrote my name down in his book. Before you were ever born. <laughs> Crazy. He elected you. And then when you weren't even born, he came down here in the person of his son and went up on Calvary and actually redeemed you. You know, you've been redeemed a long time. 
redeem. It means bought. It means he paid the price. At Calvary, he paid the price. He already knew all about your mess. You'd done all your mess. Way back 2,000 years ago, he came and redeemed a number of people that no man can number. Yeah. Say, well, pastor, I, I, you know, what if he didn't elect me? I guarantee you, if you're asking that question, he did. Otherwise, you wouldn't even ask the question. I don't believe that at all, and I don't care. Just think about God electing you. So, well, I've only been, you know, Pastor, I, I've only trusted Christ a few weeks ago. Well, here, here's the deal. Before you ever came to Christ, he'd already wrote your name in his book. He had predestinated you to this. Oh, pastor, don't tell anybody that. You know, they'll never come to Christ. If you tell them they're predestinated and don't have to do anything, they'll just sit. That's what they're already doing. <laughs> no, when you move towards Christ, it's because Christ has already moved in on you. That's what I'm saying. That you were elected and you redeemed. And then maybe today, you're sitting here giving him glory. I don't know. Maybe last week you were using. But maybe you were converted today. You know, faith cometh. Faith, faith cometh. Where does faith come from? It comes from God. It comes from God. For by grace, gr what? By grace are you saved through faith. And that faith is not of yourself. It's a gift. Of God. What a miracle that you believe this. That Christ died in my place. That it's not my church and it's not my baptism. And it's not my good parents and it's not my good anything. It's him alone. He has saved me. And is saving me. And how do you like this one? I love this last one. And he's going to keep me. You heard Dr. Christopher this morning read the song, Prone to Wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. I, I wouldn't suppose any of you have sinned this week, have you? I mean, you haven't had any evil thoughts this week, have you? I mean, you that are, are converted while well, you're almost perfect, aren't you? How crazy that is. You haven't thought about quitting, have you? You haven't thought about using, have you? Say, well, pastor, most of your sermons seem toward addicts. That's because I am one. I'm not preaching just to you who use drugs. I'm talking about all us addicts. There's no one in here that's, that's not a sinner. And you're either a lost sinner or a saved sinner, one or, one or the other. But I do know this. It's very simple. Been thinking about it all week. Nope, we're not going to change our message. It's going to stay the same. You say, well, people, you know, Pastor, people have heard you say the same thing now for 45 years. I know. And, and actually, they've got the virus, the grace virus. 
And it's talking about grace, talking about God's grace. Somebody said to me a few weeks ago, so how are all the Clarkites? I said, oh, we don't have Clarkites. I, and they meant it to be funny, but you're not a Clarkite. You're a Christite. You're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you make no bones about it. To God be the glory. You know, if there was anything I, was, I would ask for in this congregation is that we're really a happy people. We're, we're messed up. I mean, in our flesh dwells no good thing. We, we still have those evil thoughts. Our flesh is no better than it was when we were born, actually. In fact, our flesh just... And by the way, just for those of you who are getting older, when you get 75, you won't be perfect. More imaginative in your sins. More experience along the way. You know, I, uh, I was thinking this week, too, about... All of my life, I, I was converted when I was eight years old, but all of my life growing up in the Baptist church, I always felt so guilty. Just always so guilty. And then, then I learned this lesson, that in my flesh dwells no good thing. But that new me, that born again me, that which the Spirit of God put in me, Never sins. So there's a war going on. I read about Sitting Bull, a statement by Sitting Bull this week. I forgot what I was reading. Something about Sitting Bull. An Indian chief. And some, some guy asked him, Hey, you got a white dog and a black dog. Which dog can take the other? He said, The one me feed the most. You'll get it in a minute. I'm feeding you today. And it's very simple food. It's just this. You've been saved by the grace of God. Don't frustrate the grace of God. Give him all the glory. And, and say this from the depth of your soul. Oh, what a wonder that Jesus found me. You know, I look at you and I'm not amazed that you've been converted. I know me better than you. And it's such a wonder that I'm heaven bound. I look over 75 years and so far not a total, total disaster. A lot of bumps in the road. But he's still working in me. He's going to take me all the way. I know my sheep and they know me. And they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Some of you are in here like this. What about my past, Pastor? You don't know what. If you only knew, I don't want to know. People often come to me and say things like this. I want to tell you just how bad I am. You don't have to. In fact, your stories kind of bore me, really. I mean... You can't outdo what I already know about myself and about our depravity. Here's what you ought to be talking about. He's a greater savior than you are a sinner. Amen. 
I hear people give their testimonies on television and they're, they're always going like, I just want to tell you about how far I went into the depths of hell, into this, into that. And I'm thinking, hurry up. Get to the good part. And he lifted me. And he saved me. He regenerated me. And now I know I'm loved with everlasting love. He chose me. I'm predetermined. It's going to happen. I'm going to heaven by the grace of God. What a miracle that is. There ought to be a lot of peace in your heart. And so about that.